0: You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the t Speakeasy, with your hosts, Johnny, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss the 1938 novella, Who Goes There?
1: Welcome, everybody, once again to the bar. Unfortunately, even though we're in a pandemic right now, uh, we're going to have to, like, have all of you take a test for us. Uh, We're going to have to prick your finger, your thumb, that is, and we're going to put it in a Petri dish. And I'm going to get, like, a paper clip or whatever they use, something platinum-based, heat it up, and I'm going to, like, stick it in the Petri dish with your blood. And, um... If it does nothing, then you can go in. But Isaac, that's all fine and dandy. I just want to say before we get the tests going, I just
2: want to make an accurate scientific statement. Go right ahead. I am not the monster. I am not the monster.
1: It's not (laughs) not me. It is not me.
0: No, it's Isaac.
1: I'm completely human. I don't deny the fact that it might be you, but at the same time, I don't deny that it might be me, but I also hope that it isn't me. So that's why we all do tests. It's it's all equal here. We're all equal based. I was like, if you were the monster, you'd know it. We don't describe. Yeah,
2: but would you know it though? Yeah, I would know if I was the monster, and, I, and I'm not, the, and I'm, not, I'm the monster, And so I, you know,
1: through through logic, I have deduced that I am not the monster. This is another reason why, like, one of these days in the book club, we'll actually have a book that isn't based off of a movie um, where I haven't seen because holy smokes, I was so influenced by the eighty two movie. Oh, oh yeah the
2: the eighty two movie, the thing, is a f- is an undisputed classic in so many senses of the word. It's fantastic. Like, it absolutely is. Special effects, atmosphere,
1: acting, tension. Oh, man. Um, Way more faithful to the original story than, I, I guess, the 50s one, but I never have seen the 50s one. Who goes there? Yeah, me either. It might be on Shudder, actually.
0: Yeah, the thing from Another World. N- neither of you guys have seen that one?
2: No. No, it, it, it might be on Shudder, actually. Let me have a quick look. Fact check. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, keep keep talking. I'll, I'll get back to you once I have an answer to that. Bro.
1: Yeah, fair enough. enough. All right, Caleb, let's uh, let's have you open it. Uh, open this up. Is the episode
0: already opened? I mean, I I really have no. That yeah, it is.
1: It's just like okay, so it's already hit play. But well, well, again, welcome to the bar. Yes.
0: Yeah, so the, the reason I I picked this for my next book club episode is because mainly I was planning on showing you Isaac Horror Express. I've been uh, pumping that show. We're not not pumping uh, promoting that show. For i don't know like over over a year at this point probably I, mean, I thought it'd be fun to just look at all the different adaptations of that book because that's horror express is the one that everyone forgets about no one really remembers that's an adaptation of who goes there okay mostly because oh, no one remembers that movie really?
2: yeah <laughs> I'm ne- holy crap yeah okay i'm looking it up yeah okay uh 1972
0: yep Yeah. peter cushing christopher lee really love that film
2: holy shit that's, that's a cast
0: all sarcast. Yeah, Telly Savalas. <laughs> so, see, yeah, so yeah um, we're gonna be. Uh, at least I think we're gonna be covering all these movies, except for maybe the uh, prequel.
2: Uh, the two thousand and eleven remake. Ah. Uh, uh,
0: uh, 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 uh. Yeah, cause that one's not so much not so much an adaptation of the book as much it is as just a straight remake slash prequel <laughs> of.
1: Uh... Doing its own thing. Oh, don't forget the uh, the the video game. From, was it 2002 or 2001?
2: I have that, but I haven't started playing it yet. You
1: have that? That's awesome. Still, yeah, I picked it up at
2: a pawn shop. Oh, cool. Completely unopened, original Xbox. Dang. The Thing game, yeah. Dang. Save that for when we do video games one day. Oh, yeah, for sure. Still haven't cracked that open yet. It's Still unopened, mint condition. Do you have an Xbox? Yeah, I bought, I bought an original Xbox at Value Village, actually. Nice. Oh, cool. I hope it works. That's the place to get it.
0: Oh, you haven't tried it yet?
2: I haven't opened. It. No, I bought it and went, I'm totally going to use this to play Silent Hill 2, and then I didn't use it.
1: <laughs> because
2: the Silent Hill 2 remake fucking
1: sucked! We don't talk about that. But let's not go into... Re-
2: but we, we are talking about Silent Hill here. We're talking about... Oh,
0: yeah, right? that remake did kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, so... Had either of you guys read this novella before?
2: Nope. Never, no. Yeah, I, I didn't know it existed. Oh, really? Well, well I, I knew the thing was based on a book, but I didn't, and I, and I heard it was Who Goes There, but I didn't really know, like, it was it was a novella or, like, a short story or, like, a, a, a full-size
1: novel. I didn't, I didn't really know anything about it. Mm. Up until last time, or not last time, but when you suggested it, I didn't actually know it was a book. I didn't know that that Carpenter film was based off of a book.
0: Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Did you think it was just a straight remake of the 50s one?
1: I didn't even know it was a straight-up remake of the 50s one until later on when I scoured Wikipedia. Oh, and okay. And it did, failed to mention, or not even failed to mention, failed to realize that it was based off of a story. And again, how blaringly, like, almost, maybe not, pit. it's it's not a straight adaptation, of course. It's, it's very liberal, like, I, we'll get into it, but, like, uh, it very much is almost a tried-and-true adaptation. I wonder what Carpenter's beliefs are on adaptations. Of, of existing properties, even though he probably is one of those guys who wants to make his own thing.
2: Well, he, he, he fucking rocked his version of the, of the thing, so that says something about his beliefs and adaptations right there.
0: Yep. Well, well, to be fair, that's that's more uh, down to the writer, Bill Lancaster. True. Because uh, that was actually more of a, just kind of a job for Carpenter. He didn't kind of
1: produce or spearhead that one, so. Never mind, eh? I keep, that's, that's the problem. I keep giving like, you know, credit to Carpenter, um, even though it was clearly the writer who was. This was a passion project for it, that writer.
0: Yeah, but anyway, we we will get into the the
1: movie when we, whenever we cover it. again. Them. That's the movie. This is the book. This is the book club.
2: I, I think I, I think enough things have been said about the thing <laughs> for from eighty sure. two the, the movie. Like it's, I think there's really not much more to say about it because you know it's 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 well known. It's well loved. It's a, it's a, it's got a cult following nowadays. You know, it wasn't successful when it first came out now everyone absolutely worships it because they realize it's fantastic if anybody listening to this has not seen the thing what we're going to talk about with who goes there unlike Feliday is not going to spoil anything yeah really like like the the ending is different the outcome is very very different the amount of characters are there are a couple similarities I think but they're Overall, very different. So, if you haven't seen that and you want a good dose of way like, of classic like alien sci-fi, like horror, and just like a bit of thriller kind of mystery, check it out. You cannot go any wrong. Although, if you have a, if you're a dog person, you might want to close your
1: eyes for one of the scenes. Well, <laughs> great, more animal cruelty stuff. But that's about it. <laughs> okay. Well, next, next. Hopefully, my next uh, the book, next book we have does not have much animal cruelty in it. <laughs> right. So. Well, <laughs> I was going to suggest Call the Wild, so sorry about that. That's your pick, not mine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder what Isaac's going to pick. How long it's going to yeah. take for us to read it. But. Oh, <laughs> no okay, kidding. Let's, okay, this okay, so let's talk about it.
2: Okay, so I started off Feliday, so I nominate not me to start this one.
0: <laughs> Caleb, you go ahead. Yeah, so I'll just say for my history, for my history of this book, I'm a, a gigantic fan of Carpenter overall, but particularly the thing, I watch it every December i have for like eight or nine years at this point and i read this book maybe like 2014 something like that for the first time or novella yeah book novella either way <laughs> and for this review this is my sixth time reading it wow. so i'm definitely nice. quite familiar with the material
1: i mean quick read right
0: a quick read exactly <laughs> <laughs> But yeah so I mean again I'm sure everyone's seen the carpenter version or at least one of the versions but it takes place on a I was gonna say a norwegian base but that's the other one that's where it starts at least in the movie hmm. yeah it takes place in an Antarctic base and we have um, these this group of guys they find something out in the ice a ship and actually I'll get I was gonna get into this a bit later but have you guys ever heard of um, frozen hell no no that was actually this novella here was actually based on an original novel by John W. Campbell oh and it would have started with all that stuff with them finding the the ship out in the snow hmm. and find an alien. but he clipped all that stuff out they didn't find that out until about three years ago they found his original manuscript. were like, holy crap, there's three extra chapters here.
2: Oh my goodness. oh so, so there was like, so that big summary that we got about what happened before they got back to the base that was actually written.
0: Yeah, those, the first three chapters. Oh, okay
2: that's cool. Yeah, cool. He was just
0: like, ah, this bogs it down too much, so he snipped it out. But That's fair. Yeah, and I think it works well just jumping right into everyone being on edge, like, holy crap, what's this thing we discovered? And there's a whole bunch of, like, scientific talk early on in the book where they're all trying to Oof. figure out, like...
1: <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah. Lots of techno babble <laughs> laden throughout this entire piece. Yeah, that's that's another thing I was going to ask. Are you guys
0: familiar much with, like, old school science fiction works in terms of the books or um, short stories well... or novels? all
2: I would say I'm familiar with a bunch of Bradbury's writings, and he he dabbled in sci-fi here and there. Mm. I I was going to say that that this reminded me a lot of, like, bits of H.P. Lovecraft, especially Mm. in the techno battle, because he was also very verbose as well. Yes. (laughs) Although this lacks a lot of the... Although this, like, doesn't have the same gothic kind Of feel that his novels had it's, it's just more just like you know, coldly scientific, which mm-hmm. once again, much like Lovecraft, but even more so. And I was going to draw this comparison a bit later on, but seeing as we're going into it, I might as well do it right now. Uh, it re- I really saw a resonance between this and The Hounds of Tindalos by Frank Belknap Long. I've never read that one, interesting. Which is, he was a cohort of Lovecraft's, mm-hmm. a buddy of his, and he, he he created some things that kind of became intertwined in, in the Cthulhu mythos while not specifically addressing them the titular story of the of the anthology the hounds of tyndalos being the being said story and that is and, the, and th- those creatures are now present in the cthulhu mythos as, and like that story in particular is very like you know it's very time travel and very just mm-hmm. cosmic like a lovecraft story so it kind of fits but in particular his writing reminded me a lot of the writing in who goes there and i looked at who goes there was in Thir- was published nineteen thirty eight, I believe. Yep. And my Hansel of Gretel book I have right here is nineteen thirty six. Oh no, sorry. First first printing is sixty three. So I I actually thought Who Goes There was from the sixties when I read it because it reminded me so much of mm-hmm. of uh, Long's work.
0: It definitely feels. I, I I was myself was surprised when I saw that it was in the thirties the first time I read it. So I was like, this, yeah, this feels like like Lovecraft. I mean, even. Like there's so much great imagination, but his writing style is so antiquated. Feeling this yeah. book feels really modern, I think, in terms of the prose.
2: And a part of that too is Lovecraft's um, his word choice. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like he's he's clearly somebody who read more books than uh, talked to people, <laughs> tell, which suits his his history. That, 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 that's how he was as a person. But yeah, he he uses a lot of very he uses a lot of words you don't see anymore. This one, the vocabulary is not it's not dumb by any stretch of the imagination like there's a lo- there's a lot of great great um, like appropriate verbosity in here like you know he's he, he's not wanking off his t- his thesaurus and just chucking yes. in <laughs> big words for the sake of chucking in big words oh. but it's it's the, 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 this was definitely written by somebody who i would say has a fair degree of education even at the science and i here is my my thing about this is that of course these scientific methods are very well they're old so I can't. It would be interesting to see because I, I don't have, have time to do it. Uh, how how dated these these scientific methods are? I've never mm. heard of any of this shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like it's very like it definitely it, it dates it, but not in a bad way. It's like Dracula. It's dated, but it's not really like it doesn't hurt it.
0: Yeah, it dates it, but doesn't specifically set it in the '30s. No, not at all. Any
1: uh, comments from you, Isaac? Yeah, it was on the on the topic of like the dates, I briefly when I was reading it, I was like, "What if this took place in the future?" I just had that like quick thought of like it doesn't specify a date, which I like because I was thinking, okay, this was written in the th- in thirty eight, and there was no mention of like the Great War. Obviously, you don't kind of need that. You um, you don't need any of that uh, background stuff, which I kind of liked very much. Was isolated and uh, again I was questioning why they were down here originally and it was because they were studying the, the, the magnetic poles they were studying cosmic rays and something else, I don't remember there was a third thing they were studying but I very much did enjoy the technobabble and or the way the prose was very scientific and very uh, efficient um, I, I very much like that it, it almost kind of reminded me, Caleb you'll, you'll remember this, kind of reminded me of uh, Submariner the Deep yeah I can kind of see that very much did remind me of that
0: yeah very efficient prose I definitely agree there like I love all the sense of like descriptions that he does like he immediately distinguishes the men just by comparing them to different metals yes he's all bronze Um, who was it that he was it Childs that he said was all steel uh Norris. Norris and someone was like wiry and like kind of jumpy like I loved all that kind of just very quick descriptions but it's a picture for you
1: yeah Speaking of pictures, uh, is there a mm. is there a comic of this, a comic adaptation of this? Because I would certainly love to see what that's like.
2: There has to be. I've never heard of one. A buddy of mine just just he um he got a board game. Who goes there? And it's very it's it's about this, obviously. But yeah, there, there's a freaking board game. There has to be a <laughs> there has to be a oh comics. Um,
0: I know that the '80s film Freddy had
2: Eyes. oh Dark Horse comics. Published uh, The Thing from Another World in 1991. Ooh. So, yeah, there is, to answer your question, there is a comic series. Send there.
0: the link, please. I wonder if that's for the movie or, or the comic.
1: Oh, that's a good point, though. Well, they said who goes there, so. 91. Yeah. Hmm. Um. No.
2: So, do you want to keep discussing the plot or what, any, anything standing on your head right now, Caleb, that you want to focus on?
0: Hmm. Again, yeah, because we're going to be t- discussing the plot so much. That's why I thought this episode was going to be really short,
2: because <laughs> a, a
0: lot of this stuff will be going over again, but do you guys want to discuss the... because the alien here is very distinct compared to the movies.
2: Yeah, the movie didn't really have... Okay, this might be a spoiler. Uh, I- I'm going to reword that so I don't spoil the movie. Fair enough. Um, yeah, th- this, very true. This one, you see a lot more of its... um, You see that it Kind of has a definite like form, you know, that's not inspired by what it's by what it's um imitating
1: mm-hmm. starter form,
2: y- yeah. It has it has that, it has, has a lot more of that. It's a lot less, it's a lot less combative than the one in the movie because the one in the movie is very proficient in in like you know taking on multiple people at once and being able to and being able to fight back. This one seems to. Be a lot, yeah. It's like that's one that's one thing that struck me too is that it's a lot more, and and like I think that makes it be more resourceful. You know, it's like you're playing Alien versus Predator, and you're the Alien, but in that game, if you're if you're gonna charge a Marine head on, you're gonna get shot to pieces. If you charge a Predator head on, you're gonna get your fucking head ripped off. So you have to like really, really pick your opportunities and be stealthy. And I kind of felt like it was playing like that Mm. through much of the movie, except for when it got absolutely cornered. (laughs) But like you know, that's also what happened in the, in the movie. So, but because yeah, when they cornered it in the in the movie, a bunch of them got killed. You know, mm-hmm. but in this one, it just kind of like they just it 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 doesn't it, it doesn't fight as effectively, and, and I kind of like that because then it just kind of makes it more. It means it's, it, it's hiding more. It builds the suspense because you kind of you spend more time thinking about okay, hey, how is this thing going to react? What is it going to do? Mm-hmm. You know? Whereas in the movie, it's like, okay, it's going to camouflage and it's, and, and, and it's going to fucking pick off who's isolated and kill them off.
0: Yeah, but this one's also, like, uh, hyper-efficient. Yes. Like, in such a brief amount of time, it converts all the dogs, all the cows, and they do that whole, like, serum test thing. And mm-hmm. I think they said it it took, I don't remember the exact amount of hours, but it took quite a while for them to, like, pump the different types of blood into the dog and wait for it to get its uh, immune response but by the time that they finally do their test, one of the men has already been changed to. So who knows how many men it had gotten to by that point. I think it was just yeah. through everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah. And also, well, on the note of that whole scientific process, I had to read that paragraph a couple times. And I was like, what the fuck did he just propose doing? Yeah. Same here. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to read that a couple times. times. So that was just kind of like, I'd never, I'd never heard of anything like that before.
0: <laughs> it's basically like a vaccine, right? Type of thing where they just keep feeding you this thing until you gain like an immune response to it because mm-hmm. yeah I was I was a little bit confused too <laughs> it wasn't worded super clearly
1: especially when they brought the uh, criminology aspect as well yeah
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh,
0: yeah a little meandery there
2: yeah and that that that's one thing about the writing that kind of threw me a bit is that it seems like there are these these like in a lot of books like less about to, to lovecraft here he's just wordy the entire way through Mm-hmm. Even when even even when he's actiony, he's wordy. He's wordy. Even when he's try, try, attempting dialogue, he's wordy. This one it's it's like there are like parts that are dedicated to the science or description, and then there are parts where it's dedicated to pe- 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 people doing stuff. Mhm. And it feels like like the pace really really changes throughout the entire story. And I know that definitely affected me trying to when I was trying to read through it because like you know I read through this in like one sitting. I didn't take I, I kind of didn't didn't like you know do do it section by section by section. Mm-hmm. But I definitely it definitely affected my ability to kind of pay attention because like I'm drawn in by this action sequence and then, and then we slow down and we get all all like sci-fi description-y for a bit and then I had to kind of go okay I I, I had to like stand up and like walk around for a bit sit back down okay I'm good to go. But that's also just kind of how I have to read personally. I was wondering if you guys found that, too.
0: Absolutely. I would I would find that as I was reading it, I would start, like, my mind would start running somewhere else, like, oh, what am I, what is this that I'm reading? Like, how does this make sense? And then I realized, oh, no, I kept reading the page when I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> so I'd have to go back and read it again, and yeah, definitely. And it's too bad, because I feel like the characters outside of those scenes, like, have a fun pop to them. Like, they have a good sense of banter and humor to them.
2: Yes, very true. And
0: then they just feel super dry and empty during those scenes where I'm just like, oh no.
2: <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like the wealthy barber. Have you guys read that? Nope. It's a book about finances, but like the idea is that like you know there's one character explaining these these core concepts, and the uh, and like the point of the book is to explain you know compound interest, investing, all that kind of stuff. But the uh, but like there there kind of aren't really any characters. Like the characters are just kind of there to ask common questions the everyman would think of, which is like you know the point of the book is to explain it in a way that the everyman can understand. So it works for the book, but as like a work of fiction, there's not really a story mm-hmm. to it. It kind of felt like that. It kind of felt like the characters here, like and like every now and then, like you know they would color it with how they they spoke, because you know like it seems like it seems like a. Like Norris has the short fuse, so he would come off as really pissed off. Kenner starts losing his shit at the end too, and he starts kind of talking like that as well. But it seemed it seemed kind of like that, where it was just like they they kind of acted as ways to ask questions to ex- help him further explain what he's going for. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then like the I agree the kind of pop the character's hat kind of kind of disappeared during that.
0: Yeah, which is it's too bad. I, I I mean it's difficult to you know write those kind of scenes and make them fun i mean
2: oh extremely extremely
0: that's why everyone praises spielberg when he made jurassic park and took all the science and turned it into that fun little cartoon it's <laughs> yeah. like there you go just burn through it as quick as you can and make it as fun as you can
2: or like Futurama with the global warming video <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. oh, i don't
0: remember
2: that one. Huh. Uh, it's it, it, it's, funny. <laughs> it's really funny um but yeah i mean don't get me wrong. I I enjoyed this story, and I am very happy I read it because I, I do love the movie, mm-hmm. so and it's good and, and like you know this is a very very important work of sci-fi fiction, and and, and but like you know this is also back at, back in a time where I think sci-fi was and it still exists today where I think sci-fi was maybe a bit heavier, because mm-hmm. like this this is around the day of like Isaac Asimov and like after H.P. Lovecraft and like you know those. Those kind of writers, so so perhaps back then sci-fi just, just I don't know, it was, just, it was just more like this.
0: Yeah, the, it was the same with the movies. They almost felt like they had to justify the fantastical stories they're telling by like dressing them up in science to add legitimacy or something. I don't get it, but yeah, they always pack things full with kind of inane scientific explanations where you're like, ah, just get back to the story. We don't need all this crap. Most of it's just nonsense anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very, I mean, like, in terms of the science itself, it's it's not, like, hard to follow. It's just, like, if you space out during halfway during the uh, explanation, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, and you gotta start reading it again.
0: Yeah, then you get to a scene when it comes up, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, like, I gotta go back and reread this to figure out what they're doing. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I had that a couple times. It's very, <laughs> mind you, I'm also not used to, I, I, I haven't read, like, a classic story like this in a while, if you know something to something I would say pre-1960 in like a long time so I, I, I just have to kind of get back into the mindset that, that like, that's kind of how they're written mm. things nowadays tend to be a lot more to the point I find.
0: Oh yeah yeah. people's attention spans are very different now I think.
2: And the quality of the, of the vocabulary outside of like fantasy or sci-fi is just taking a nose dive as well
0: yeah, and I mean, in some ways, fair enough. I mean, when I read Lovecraft, I constantly have to be like, okay, I better look up what this word means because he pulled out <laughs> real deep out of the thesaurus. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it, and that can be a little obnoxious too. It almost feels like Lovecraft is also feels like he needs to dress up his stories because he's like, oh, I'm reading kind of pulp. I need to class it up a little bit, so I'm just going to throw in these huge words.
2: Um, yeah, <laughs> I I do, I do definitely. Okay. okay. As, okay, sorry. As, as, as much as I, I, I love discussing other offer, authors, let's try and keep this to yeah. the <laughs> to the story. I mean, and like, like, I mean, Isaac, do you have any uh, any, any points you want to address here?
1: Other than like, I, I again, kind of like you, I enjoyed it uh, graciously. Uh, it was nice to read something from the '30s again and, and see how like what the, what the world looked like back then, but. Yeah, I got nothing really right now. What do you guys think of the end?
0: Like when they finally kind of corner the, the beast. I decided a bit that I was about to go on, but... <laughs> if you guys want to jump right to the end?
2: Oh, 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 oh no, sorry, sorry, yeah. If you, if you got something before the very end of the story, absolutely hit me with it.
0: Yeah, it's when we were... When I mentioned that serum scene, I kept trying to get back to it, but we kept jumping off to different places. No worries. But that was actually one of my favorite scenes there, when, when both Gary and Copper are both kind of like, oh shit, like the dog it's immune to both human blood and monster blood meaning one of us must be the monster Mm -hmm. and copper or gary first is like hey copper you know you just said you admitted that this test isn't going to work now because this monster would have been a great advantage to keep that a secret if you were the monster so and then the others are like well gary i mean you just gave up the fact that copper is not the monster now because he gave this up so
2: yeah that's true that was good
0: yeah i love the little i
2: forgot about that that's clever
0: yeah, it is clever. Yeah, just I love how it, you you can never tell because it's complete imitation. It's not like an imitation that's aware; it's an Im- imitation. It's a really cool thing, and they kind of make that a little bit more mysterious in the movie, like you don't really know. But I feel like in this book, it's pretty clear that yeah, they they really have no clue. It's just hidden deep in them.
2: It's very yeah, it's a very interesting idea. Like you know, you're used to to like you know games like oh, I forgot the. Like like, you know, there are games like Mafia and Werewolf, where like somebody is secretly Mm -hmm. the killer, and they're trying to hide it, and everyone's trying to you know deduce. Like, okay, well he said this and this, therefore. But yeah, in in this case, that's a very interesting idea. It's it's like having that card and just not fucking knowing. Mm -hmm. I I I don't think I've seen that that much anywhere else. I mean, I mean, like it 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 almost like makes me wonder how
1: like if that has any relation to the whole sleeper agent. Myth, you know, hmm. that's that's funny because I the whole time I was also thinking to myself, okay, is there a metaphor here for this? I'm thinking, like, is there a uh, uh racial separation metaphor here? Is there like a it's it's widely like just coincidental that it, when you bring sleeper agent up, like, is this to do with like you know Russian sleeper agents in the United States? But that wasn't actually happening at that point. It almost is a big, once again, a big coincidence. It is, and like, and like, like you know,
2: when I was reading this, I thought it was in the sixties, right? So, like, yep. in, in the sixties, that would actually be a theory worth talking about. <laughs> but in nineteen thirty-eight, like, this is like pre, like, World War Two in the West, and, and and this writer's American, so I don't really know what to. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought about that too. Like, people were, like, you think about about the time period with horror and all that. It was very. It was it. Horror was getting was at that point I I, th- I think pr- pretty cosmic. You know, like it's nineteen thirty eight. Like aside from like Frankenstein and Dracula just like hitting the big screen like seven years before in nineteen thirty one, a lot of the horror that, that's like popular then is like the Hounds of Tindalos, like H. P. Lovecraft. It's very horror is taking on this like cosmic aesthetic, but like it typically a lot of those is like the either the fear of the unknown, H. P. Lovecraft. Or the fear of like you know maybe like we're finding all this new shit shit out with science are we going too far Mm. in the case of in in the case of this story I like how it doesn't deal with that makes you think of something else like like hey maybe we've already been invaded maybe we've already gone too far maybe we've already made contact with something we we shouldn't have and now there's really no going back fortunately our heroes at the end of this story are able to Seemingly, come up with a, with a solution. But we'll we'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, but it seem But it, I do like how it di- how it differs from that theme change quite a bit.
0: Yeah, and at the beginning, you you could be fooled into thinking it's going to be like, oh no, here comes the scientific evil again, because Blair is all like, this is the best find ever. Like, uh, I think it's Norris who's like, we should just burn that yeah. thing. Like, it's yeah. evil incarnate, you know. <laughs> and Blair's like, no, this is the find of the century. We gotta thaw it out and. Yeah preserve it as best we can but thankfully <laughs> once Blair realizes the danger he immediately destroys all the equipment and I like that even the men once they find that out they kind of go into a panic and I thought they're going into a panic because they're like oh no he cut us off but really they just want to make sure that he did the proper job like they're all right on board like we got to shut this place down completely I thought that was nice
2: yeah it's it is a nice parallel to um uh, the last year of our lives
1: isn't it More in line than most of us out here, eh? (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. I'll save that. Yeah, and that's another thing. that They really focus on kind of the disease element of it, which I don't really feel it comes up in any of the other versions of this either. They really focus on it as, like, a virus.
1: Nope. Except for maybe the thing itself.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a little more subtext. Okay. Like, you could almost look at the thing as, like, an AIDS kind of parable. But I don't think that was really intended by Carpenter, the Lancaster. I think it just kind of came came across because of the time. Of the times.
2: Yeah, it's it's also a, a classic sign of the times where back then something like this was was super fresh. By now we're just kind of like, no, you should just fucking burn it. Yeah, <laughs> fucking burn it. Don't 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 even entertain this. We'll see what it's all about. No, nope, just just burn it. Burn it. Just fucking burn it. <laughs> Why are you burning it? <laughs> like like the entire time, like that's what's in the back of your head. But that's just. That's just what comes from looking at older older horror, older thriller, older mysteries with a modern lens. We're just that cynical nowadays and we just kinda of figure that's the case.
0: Oh yeah, there's there's another thing I had my notes here. What did you guys think about the the telepathic angle? Like I really like the idea of it just kind of as it was de-thawing and kind of reviving, that it was just sending out like psychic transmissions of its like dreams. I thought that was a really cool element. But again they never brought up into any of the movies.
2: Yeah, and that's and that's scary too. Yep, <laughs> like that. That actually, that that actually is fucking scary, because because this thing is like essentially incapacitated, mm-hmm. completely unable to do anything to you. But it's still it's still able to transmit its fucking dreams to you. Like that's just that that's just fucked up. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that that's like extremely extremely invasive and the, and 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 like I kind of like that though because. Like, you know, people always think about aliens, and they and they think, oh, little green men in flying saucers. Or, thankfully, I think I think that distinction has been played with a lot more recently, with like your District Nine and your and your Signs and your um, what's the other one? Like you know, like like we have a bit more of an imagination towards what aliens might be like. But I, I don't. But at the same time, I don't think a lot of movies or a lot of media, a lot of media hits hits the nail on just how different they could be and this is one of the few examples where sure it's not only able to completely imitate somebody which is on its own considering how complex uh, like one species to another's physiology is is, is incredible but that that dream transmission that's just so so unique and just so strange mm-hmm. that it's it's very it's very interesting and that's something that's definitely a lot very likable about this story is that it's it's still it's still unique. Like, like you, y- you look at the thing, the original, anyways. It's, it's, it's still unique after all these remakes and after everything mm. that's come out. It's still, it's still what it is. This, despite, despite being adapted so many fucking times. I, even though I've only seen one of the adaptations, I'll be honest. It's still just so fucking unique.
0: Yeah, it still works. It's still a good creepy book. Yeah, we, there is some bogging down with some of the techno babble aspects, but it does work in some regards. Like I like when they're going on about um, the bird thing.
2: Yeah, Albatross, yeah.
0: Where they're like, oh, like maybe it could turn into a bird from a different planet, but the gravity in this planet could be different. Maybe it could turn into a bird that wouldn't work here. Or they brought up that whole comparison to men trying to develop flight from trying to copy what birds were doing and eventually just had to give up and go their own way.
3: Mm-hmm. I thought all
0: that stuff was a fun little tangent to go off of, even though it was a tangent.
2: It, but it, it's what people would do, though. You know, like 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 one person who is a chronic... Chronic overthinker who just kind of spirals down down weird trains. Well, we'll put like like ten of them in the same room together, <laughs> and, something, and, and something stressful happens. That's where people go, sure. you know. Yeah, that's fair. That, that's very interesting. Yeah, but I agree. And that's something something too. Even though the characters, there's not really a ton of time given to developing the characters, and it's kind of funny. and I noticed this too. Is that at the very beginning. When you kind of start the novel it's it seems like 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 barry mccready uh blair and maybe norris are going to kind of be the main characters and then, and then halfway through th- there's like a shift it, and you start seeing more of barclay and like copper and um van wall mm. and by that time just kind of like and like i just that that stood out to me because that that's not very common like you know there's like Tolkien did this too where he just sledgehammers you with like <laughs> ten characters in the span of two pages yeah. and you're like I have no idea who these fucking <laughs> people are and, and I just and remember these fucking dwarvish names um, but I've never i never had it happen where where like the characters like they're kind of all introduced but not and then halfway through the story there's kind of a shift you don't see that very often I don't think and that was kind of <laughs> interesting to me
0: Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, I get why they don't do it too often because it's hard to keep track when they're all kind of just thrown at you. Then you're like, oh, I got to pick and choose who I'm focusing on here. I can't focus on all these guys. Yeah. But since it's not a character piece, it's all right because we kind of, you know, we're not really going into their heads too much.
2: And then also, like you said, they're just, they're like relatively efficiently characterized, you know, like you kind of know how they talk and and how they look based on his kind of quick descriptions. So like in, in that sense it it kind of has all the character it needs, mm-hmm. but and, and also that isn't the point of the story. So, and the and the dialogue is like you're, I I, I agree it's equal part scientific, equal parts kind of like you know a bunch of guys talking. Yeah, and that's that's where it also differs from your Lovecraft too. In that and that there's actually like there's there's good dialogue. Yeah, that's always the weakness with with Lovecraft. All that epistolary
0: writing, I just oof it's so difficult to get into yeah but but yeah again i'm i'm jumping off on a different thing yes yeah. yeah i really liked uh, kinner the cook mm-hmm. i thought he had kind of a, i don't know i don't know how to describe it but just a fun kind of less educated and kind of snappy kind of personality to him yeah and very different voice than the rest of them
2: yeah he definitely stands out and then he definitely uh loses his shit yeah <laughs> At one point too. <laughs> yeah, and that was the one part where I
0: didn't know whether the imitation knew what it was. When Kinner's like going off singing all his, like his religious hymns and like screaming. Like it seems like they Yeah, that was weird. It seems like they hint that the monster was just doing it just to kinda of drive everyone crazy. But I wasn't sure if it was just the guy snapping or that was their theory
2: or I don't know what you guys thought about it. That's true. That's true. I didn't and That's something else that's kind of hard to see too in these in horror like this. Is that especially in like a lot of gothic horror, you have a lot of people who just kind of go mad, mm-hmm. you know? Like like that's like like a common trait of those books. Like you know, they either get hysterical or they or they just get get, get stricken with madness. A very Lovecraftian trope, right there mm-hmm. for you. But like that was just kind of a thing back then in like a lot of these stories. So I I just kind of dismissed it as that as like oh 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 this okay yeah he's mad because <laughs> like I have just seen that in so many so many of these classic horror stories I've just seen that yeah and I think we get
0: three of them here we get Blair yeah I think um, Copper I think starts to go crazy at a certain point too and yeah
2: <laughs> yeah definitely. yeah that's just kind of how what what I thought of it is it like oh this thing okay <laughs> I didn't even think of it deeper than that.
0: Oh, but, uh, but Isaac over there, do you, you feel like you have anything else? Cat, or should we kind of jump to the... I'm not a thing.
1: I'm I'm not a thing. The silent one over here, I'm not a thing. <laughs> not a thing. Um, thing one, thing two, thing three. Uh, anything else? let see. I guess going over what you guys were saying, the telepathic thing, I wish could have been used a little more. I guess the obvious thing that uh, the writer could have done was uh, well, the Men are going mad because, uh, or distressed because the thing itself is causing its dream, like it's sending out a psychic signal to all of them and it's causing them distress. Oh, something similar to like, you know, the center, as, as I always bring up.
2: No, sorry, sorry you, you, you just gave me a thought. So like, so like how you just mentioned there, so you tied the uh, telepathy and with the madness? Yeah. Maybe that affects people who are already infected more. Or less yeah. or something maybe that's what triggers them to be kind of behave the way they do. Maybe there's like a mastermind kind of sigla- signaling them all and pulling strings somehow, and that has something to do with it. Again,
1: metaphors. Is this, is this the mind, next you know? way? Um, oh, that's a good – another idea is, is like everybody acting – oh, yeah, they're acting their normal selves. Like could everybody in that – when they were playing the movies, when they all of a sudden were playing the movie, um, could they have all just been like, oh, yeah, we're going with this because it makes us all complacent. It makes us look like we're fitting in. Uh, we're being ourselves. Uh, we're acting normal um, mm-hmm. because we're all actually things from another world. Who knows? I don't know if I think that's subtext. I think we're reading. Yeah, I might be reading too much into that. Who knows? Interesting. Uh, another thing is that another thing. Again, not to compare the movie, but I was very shocked when I found out that I actually liked this part of both book as well. Was that it was? I guess the movie had this as well but it was an established crew going down to Antarctica and already had existed there previously and they brought up things about like New York for instance and I was like I kind of like that when stories have like the writer knows exactly where they are at this point in the story Uh, like how long they've been, I don't know if they mentioned how long they've been down in Antarctica but like the fact that they mentioned oh when we go back to New York with our findings I'm like okay I kind of like that, it just means that it's not a one and done story uh, like, like yeah, this okay. this is a real, not real, but this, these guys, these characters kind of feel real or they're going to go back to society again one day. I Kind of like the story could go on almost in a way. He's leaving plot points open almost.
2: I like that, Isaac. I, li- I like that because that just brings up, that just colors their experience so well. Because, okay, <laughs> if you run a team full of researchers who are sat down to fucking Antarctica for a couple months... Halfway through, what's the number one thought on your mind? Fuck this place, I wanna go home. So yep. like so like and and that like if you've been like a like a worker who has to work shift work or like away for nights or away from home, that, that resonates really well and you know exactly what kind of culture that creates. Oh yeah. And despite this being damn close to hundred years old at this point, oh. and about and, and like much more scientific, that's that's pretty impressive how that still resonates so well great point yeah it is crazy that this doesn't feel because again
0: I keep reaching back to Lovecraft because that's the guy who I've read the most from yeah. that period of uh, I guess fiction but his step always feels like it, it feels like it's looking into a different completely different world yes like just the way the characters speak and act and the world itself the locations locations yeah yeah I guess this helps that it's isolated away so they don't have a lot of like vehicles from the time or things like that that would kind of date it more this is
2: true This is also true,
0: and yeah, we'll definitely get into how the kind of um, kind of thematic elements change in the movies. Like the '50s one, definitely, like you guys mentioned, the whole Soviet thing. The '50s one starts to lean into that quite a bit. Of course, oh really? So I like that this movie was just before all that stuff happened. Which movie? Novella is right before all that stuff, so it helps keep it from being dated by it.
2: Yeah, it's not like a like a you know the whole Soviet fear thing. Mm-hmm. Exhuming McCarthy, kind
1: of shit. Free all of that, which is cool.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, do we want to discuss the uh, ending now, boys?
1: Sure. Uh, one other thing, though, is to add to what you guys said. Yep. Is this a uh, plot versus character story?
2: Oh, are you saying like uh Oh, oh, I, I as you're saying. Um. Yep. I think it's def. I I think it is. Yeah. Yep. I I think I think for a plot versus character story, it does it pretty well because like. A lot of other examples like that is such a hard balance because a lot of story structure is like you know you you, pick, you get a character, you give them an obstacle and you watch how they overcome it. Yep. And that's how a lot of fiction is driven. It's very character focused. So having a plot driven story is very hard because the, the characters developing aren't aren't necessarily an end goal. They might be a means to an end. They might not. they might, they might not happen. But once again, the characterization in this, even though it's not like. It's not, like, fucking, you know, over the top and, like, fan- and like fantastic, but it, it gets the job done admirably well, considering how little words are used for it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it helps that it's such a great concept. Like, even yes. now, it's still a unique concept, and the way they explore it is all really well done. So, yeah, we don't even really need much characterization, because we already got so much to chew on. Yeah, for sure. Just with the conceit itself. Which is definitely a thing that some of those more plot versus character things could learn from, because I've heard a lot of simple plots where I'm like, "Oh, there's like the plot's not that interesting, the characters aren't that interesting. Why am I even flipping to the next page?" So,
2: <laughs> yeah, I-, I put down a few books this year because of that. I'll be honest.
1: Oh my. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I would say, did the ship at the beginning blow up? I gotta ask you guys that. I'm pretty sure it did.
0: Yeah, I think they they fucked up and blew up the ship. It-
2: it it hit a granite wall oh wait no yeah the ship hit a granite wall and then they 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 got the dynamite out and they they blew it up
1: yep okay and it I just was I remember the description it had not word by word but I remember the description like this wall blue light like came like arose from the ground I was like I guess the ship blew up I assume. Yeah.
2: There was a mention of magnesium in there, right?
1: Yeah. There's magnesium. There was.
2: Have you seen magnesium light on fire before?
1: Uh, it's gnarly, isn't it? eh?
2: It's a fucking very very bright blue light, and that's just like a strip of it. I mean, you should know of any of us. It, and that's like a you know a strip of it. If you have like a whole chunk of magnesium, that like like you watch videos of car fires, and then like as soon as it hits as soon as it hits a piece of magnesium, all these like blue sparks just like. Psh- you know out of it so like magnesium is pretty volatile when it starts burning
1: is that one of the uh is that one of the ingredients for colored fire
2: um mm, i don't think I, I don't know i i i i couldn't tell you
1: yeah, fair enough i couldn't tell you i just know
2: if you, if you ever, ever get get the chance to see it it's 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 pretty cool just don't stare at it too long it gets <laughs> it gets it gets, it, it gets fucking bright man like, i can believe anyway. that Anyway, yeah. So uh, th- that's kind of where I got what I was thinking too. The blue light was just the, ma- the magnesium lighting up. That's right. if I'm even quoting that right, Caleb. Am I, am I quoting that right?
3: That
0: sounds right. <laughs>
2: okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So my the, the version I was reading had a few little spelling mistakes. It's like Mine a PDF, too. so same here. So like I don't know. So it definitely. Um, anyone's planning on reading this try and secure as, as convenient as it is to get the PDF like I want to try and track a copy of this down but I know it would probably be in some like mass market paperback from the 60s knowing <laughs> knowing how this works you know let's just Amazon this real quick when in doubt Amazon it paperback 1925 audible audiobook for zero though that's that's
0: Ooh. Cool. At, at least the audiobook that I've listened to in the past is, is quite good I
1: don't remember who narrates it but uh, for any of those who have a Kubo, I'm pretty sure I, I I saw that it exists on there. I think it was like for six dollars. So if you're willing to if if you're willing to give like six dollars away for 40 pages in a novella, have at her. Unless there's like a um, unless there's a compilation, not a compilation, but there's a collection, excuse me, of the uh, writer's works, other works included in there.
0: Yeah, I think the version that I got on Kobo is a little bit cheaper than that, and it wasn't a very good version. Like I said, it had spelling mistakes and formatting problems throughout too
3: like
1: <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of a fuck up there but oh yeah read this before you listen to this by the way everybody kind of late in the game to say that but yeah way
0: late in the game uh, there was one thing I was going to mention about the, the Kobo uh, so I've been kind of fucking around with the settings on it and I realized you can actually like highlight things in it okay and then when you highlight them it'll go to a little highlight section so my old books in particular Dune I would just fill it with sticky notes and be like, I love this section, you know, like I love this little bit. And I love that in the Kobo, you can just highlight it and then it's all just tucked away in there for you.
1: Ooh. Saves it for later, eh? Hmm. Oh yeah,
0: and they also do this thing, where, you know, like in Feliday where they had all the footnotes? Like that little numbers? Yep. Yes. Yeah, in the Kobo, you can just click on the numbers and it'll take you right to a little, like a little pop-up with the footnote will pop up on there. Hmm, was nice. I thought that was another great feature.
1: But anyway.
2: <laughs> anyway. Kobos, I still don't know. The, I, I still don't know what the what the fuck they are. But
1: moving on, I'll show you mine. I'll I'll show you mine eventually. Now, Johnny, to your point, the ending. Uh, from what what page? What page from onward? are we talking? Like thirty five or like the last few paragraphs?
2: Forty, like the last like the last few paragraphs here.
1: So we get anti gravity. Yep. Yeah. Which is I'm spoilers. I'm pretty sure that's from the movie as well, although d- done differently. Mm-hmm. And then they talk, because previously there was a setup of, it was actually set up nicely. They, they were talking about birds and albatrosses and what shows up at the end, but an albatross. And then one of the guys, I forget who it was, takes pot shots at it with a gun or a rifle of some sort and shoots it away, scares it away. And then they go check on Blair and see what's happening in there. And they find that he's been fiddling around with stuff with common Maybe not common household, but stuff that you would find in a lab, of some sort of technical lab. You would he he created this device that's anti gravity that will supposedly let him fly away, either have flight himself, kind of like Superman, or build a, eventually build an aircraft of some sort to get him back into space. <laughs> and then the Albatross thing, if I recall, because I read that very quickly because of things, and then they muttered to themselves, did the did the creature from space assimilate with the albatross somehow.
2: Yeah, because that was their fear because then it would migrate up north and then you could
1: see it spreading to the, the rest of the world. And we get the invasion of the body snatchers basically. So that's why he was yeah, so
2: so that's why he was shooting down the albatross. Um but yeah. Caleb what do you think?
0: I, I just thought it kind of went by pretty quick. I mean like it almost felt like it was wrapping up a little bit hastily
2: I thought a little bit I I got that too I mean and like there's nothing really wrong with it but yeah it does feel like the like the momentum just comes to like a bit of a screeching halt and it feels like the like I thought my PDF was incomplete <laughs> when I read the ending <laughs> fair enough I was like I was like is this is this the end is it, okay this is the end kind of thing yeah yeah I mean endings are hard <laughs> and, and and maybe like yeah I, I agree endings are the first line, the very first line, and the very last line are a bitch. Absolutely, Yep. But <laughs> I will say, it seems like maybe because I read it fast. Like I'm, I'm rereading the la- that, that that last paragraph now, right? And I'm trying to, and I'm trying to think because, like, you know, typically stories like these, like, like you know, especially Lovecraft was actually very good at this, and he, he, and like fellow that we just read the last and the last line for a high concept story like this has to be a fucking zinger. It, it has to like make you go like whoa or something it has to make you really it has to be tangible you know it has to like have some kind of impact to it like in lovecraft once again very good at that Feliday, day how he tied things up with just like and, and like this one i feel like i feel like now looking at it i kind of see what i see what he was going for and maybe i i just missed it because like you know all the like this is definitely something Caleb, I agree that you would have to read a whole bunch to kind of Figure it out because of all the techno babble and all that kind of stuff. Because it, 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 for its for its length, it is very dense in information. Mm. But I feel like, I feel like if I if I read this again and really really paid attention, if, if I got to this ending line, I would probably feel a lot better about it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm used to the end feeling so abrupt now, so it doesn't really bug me. But yeah, it's always been a little unsatisfying. But it's it endings are hard. I, I don't hold it against him. It's difficult to really not at all. Yeah,
2: especially a story like this. Like, this is how, how do you end this? Like, even <laughs> you know what? Even the I, I, and I was thinking about this too when I was read, read this. Even the movie, the thing, kind of didn't really know how to end.
3: Oh,
0: we'll discuss. We'll debate that when we see it because I love that ending. Yeah, kind of with Caleb. <laughs> I do man. too.
2: <laughs> I I absolutely love that ending too, but it still just kind of feels like feels like they literally had no other options. Mm -hmm. Written into a corner. Yeah, and and, and like, you know, it's it's, it's not a problem that they were written into a corner, but you could tell that that was very much the case of just like, well, what what the fuck else are we supposed to do with this right now, you know?
0: Now what? What now? (laughs) Yeah, we'll definitely discuss it, because I know what Carpenter's kind of thoughts were with the ending, like when he was filming it, like he had some different ideas. Oh, really? But he ultimately purposely decided to leave it that way, because he was like, that's, I think, the best way I could leave it. We'll get into that, but...
1: <laughs> Better director than Ridley Scott... Just kidding. Well, yeah. oh,
0: But, I guess, final thoughts on the, uh... Who goes there, unless you guys have anything else you want to
1: say? Inspiration for scrolls, perhaps? I don't know if Stan Lee, like, took... Like, read oh, this yeah. and was
0: like, Oh, let's make scrolls. I mean, Campbell is one of the huge figures in early sci-fi. And he was even credited with, uh, like, discovering Asimov. I think even discovering Frank Herbert. Oh, my. Because he was an editor for, uh huge science fiction magazine for a long time.
1: Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, and
0: he was the one who like, gave a lot of those writers their breaks because he was the editor of that make. So.
1: Huh. Actually, I wonder if this story inspired Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but instead of like one being, it's all beings. It's like a group of them instead.
0: Yeah, that's another one I'm going to be breaking out one of these days for a pick. I really like that Ooh. book, too.
1: Oh, that's a book, too. Oh, my goodness. I wonder if it, that has anything to do with this one. Or if that, again, thinking of the 70s movie, if that's another... Like oh it's the it's it's a Cold War invasion of sleeper agents maybe yeah well us for we'll discuss it, yeah <laughs> uh, without this book though and or this creature uh, we would not Johnny have uh, the game prototype that's is true yeah.
2: What a fun fucking game that is! I
1: actually adored the lines and the techno babble they talked about of how like the creature like uh, psychic ab- or psychic, uh, assimilation ability worked. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong on this. I haven't checked. Obviously, in fact, checked it. But I'm pretty sure this is the first instance we get of assimilation uh, in any, unless Lovecraft or somebody else did it beforehand. No clue.
2: Um, not on that scale. I think. Yeah, that's fair. It, it also depends on how you look at Dracula too
1: oh okay how do you mean
2: well he bites people and then they're like him
1: that's, that's true <laughs> and they're, but they're also he does hypnotize people in the original correct yeah he does so that's a different thing of simulation though but this is literally like this is different than like taking over somebody's body and being infected you are unknowingly a carrier and or you are the thing without even knowing it That how horrifying is that Fine. It's
2: pretty scary, and that's what I was gonna think about the ending, Caleb. Because I can't—maybe I missed something. But do you think at the ending here? It's possible that they're all infected.
3: Ooh,
0: I did not consider that aspect. I was thinking that too, actually. I was
2: thinking about that. I was thinking that because I'm just kind of like, well, oh wait, no, they did that—that that test, I guess. And it, and like the only ones who responded were who responded was Gary. But then maybe, maybe it it got to him after that you know maybe i, I don't know i was just kind of wondering like, like by the because of course at the end of this they aren't going home just yet like nope. they're still gonna have hmm. to be there picking up the pieces for a bit maybe like who's to say some some blood that got spilled around by the creature got splashed on somebody and maybe now they're infected you know
0: yeah that's why i liked when they were like trying to figure out a way to completely destroy the base where they're like well i guess we just gotta kill ourselves i mean there's we gotta make absolutely sure that this doesn't get out. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a little odd at the end that they're kind of like, well, it's all solved, you know? Just kind of let's move on now. <laughs> Wrapped in yeah. a nice
1: bowl.
2: Shot an albatross, shot, shot the doctor. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Good work, boys. Let's get out of here. Sorry.
2: sorry. Closing thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I 100% would recommend who goes there as a story because, I mean, let's, first of all, important horror story. It's. It, especially if, if you've read the, if you've seen the thing and you like it that doesn't spoil this book for you. Mm-hmm. We might have 100%. I... But that but but that movie doesn't spoil the book for you whatsoever. And if if you like this classic brand of sci-fi horror with just a bit of bit of technical understanding somewhere thrown in between, definitely check it out. It is also readily available in questionable g- grammatical format, so it's not <laughs> hard to find. Either.
0: Yeah, and I'll just I'll back that up. I Again, I keep going back to it because it's so brief as well, which helps, Mm -hmm. but it's got a great kind of uh, speed to it, I think, even though it gets a little bit slowed down with those, you know, kind of extended techno Babble moments. It's still just got a great pace, and the story still works all these years later, and even though I watch the movie every year, I can still get some thrills with the elements of this book that I don't see in the movie, so it's still always fun for me to go back.
2: Nice. Isaac?
1: Uh, certainly I'm feeling it I'm flipping my sign, I am feeling it I I would say though unfortunately I was again informed strongly by the movie, the adaptation itself because I was waiting for uh, the blood test that I mentioned earlier on uh, from the beginning I like the fact that they went through a lot of those tests I really did Um, and the fact that uh, they kept trying over and I understand why they cut that for time in the movie thinking about that now so, but I kept, unfortunately, I kept waiting, sifting through all those like these tests. I'm like, oh, just get to the test already. I get to the test that's in the movie, and they. I was first off, I was happy that they were they did that. I was like, yes, okay, I'm not a madman. They actually did do that, but I also feel like a dunce because it's like, you knucklehead. This came first, so like, separate yourself um, from movie from adaptation to this actual to to the original, and. Uh, I just have that problem, I guess. I don't know, just because just this heavily informs the movie, I'd I say. I feel
2: that too, Isaac, and that is, especially after you've seen the adaptation, it, it is really hard to distance yourself. That's 100% true. Oh, certainly. You, you aren't alone in that. I was operating on the, under the the assumption that maybe that that, that blood test was the invention of the, of, of the movie, and that wouldn't even be in the book.
1: Ooh, I didn't think of that either. Like, I didn't...
2: Let, and then when they broke it out, I was like, oh shit, this was in the book too, awesome! Nice. Like, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, they definitely changed how they did it in the movie, which is more suited to the times, I guess. Yep. But And they also explain it differently, if I recall, as well. But yeah, I, I was happy to see them break it out, because I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I, I get to read this scene now, opposed to just seeing it, <laughs> you know? And that, and that was a cool thing. It's cool to have that experience where you have, like, there's a movie, and there's a scene that really gets you, that you really like. And then you get to come back to a different source, and you see that same scene through different eyes. Yep, that to me is really cool. And you don't, and like, I don't read a ton of things that are adaptations of of movies, but so so it's it's a rare treat when it happens because you know the movies always different than books, right? Of course. But it, it was it, it was cool to
1: see that though. I was happy with it. Caleb, do you remember who did the the creature effects for the thing? Was it Sam Winston?
0: Uh, He did some work on that film, but it was mainly Rob Boutine.
1: Okay. I probably need to keep this... I I need to reread some of this again when we do the movie because I want to know how much of the descriptions of what the thing looked like when it was turning people and if that translated, if they did anything with that in the movie. Probably not, but I'd love to see if they, like... Because I still remember, like, some of the again incomprehensible i know he definitely got that from uh lovecraft some of like the 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 mutation i don't know the mutations but the way the body was mutilated and and the forms that it took i don't think they're probably i don't think they're in the movie but like i remember snake like tongue i was like oh that's i don't know if that was in the movie that seemed pretty cool (laughs) like obviously the one scene with the defibrillator was not in the (laughs) was certainly not in this yeah,
2: fucking sick as that was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> still one of the best special effects I've seen in like ever. It's beautiful. Can get into that, but okay. Wrapping up all my thoughts. Um, had way more characters than I thought. Like, thir- I think they said like, was it twenty eight characters in total? Like t- to- twenty eight yeah. characters, or yeah, people in total out there. Yeah, I that made me sh- maybe go shocked. Like, whoa, you actually could, and the fact that it took place over almost like a week and a half. Uh, whereas the movie certainly does not do that still feeling it it's true go go read it for yourself if you've not been spoiled by us already um those are our thoughts for now I guess um and yeah thank you for listening to our discussion it's pretty good eh it's pretty good eh yeah (laughs) very very good bud very very good buds I, I, I very much enjoyed it
0: very much did too and everybody tune in for our next review of uh or I guess not next one because I don't know what we're gonna do next. But eventually, doing the thing from other. Well, world.
1: do you want me to? Do you want me to say it? Of course, because this is this is episode two. But like, oh, for your book. Yeah, for the book for the first book. This is now sure. for the audience. Uh, we'll give you some time. I, I feel like we didn't do this last time. Um, this is a gimmick thing that you know some other creators do, where it's like tune in next time for this or whatnot. Find out next time. But this, since this is a book club, and if any of you want to read alongside of us and hear our discussions, I will absolutely mention my book. That's fair. Right now, uh, this one isn't a legit book, but it's not a book that I. It's kind of almost a pre-book. Uh, I, these are. I have two books in mind, and they're both connected. One's a. Prequel, but was written first, so it's not really a prequel. But it's it's the second book I really, really want to uh, read. Excuse me, and it is heavily based off of a movie that I've never seen, so it's perfect uh, time for me. Once again, another movie adaptation, sort of. The book came first. Uh, this the my pick is going to be Red Dragon. Oh, cool! Ooh. Interesting. Yes. Did not know that was it because I want to read the sequel. Which will be my pick after, you know, Johnny's and Caleb's. Cool. Getting some lector in there. And if you don't know what the sequel is, the sequel is Silence of the Lambs. Yep. And I've been meaning to watch that movie for the longest time, and we will watch it hopefully one day, but I am have eyes unclouded by watching it, so it'll be perfect. Cool. It's continuing on with horror, in a way, I, I guess. Yeah,
2: for sure, for sure.
1: Will you join us in seeing the cannibal himself, Dr. Hannibal Lecter? Till next time.